I think there's, there's roughly three compartments here. Um, the first one is really this inner work of what's important to me, what's, what's valuable to me. In human-centered design, it's called empathy interviewing, right? And actually talking to people like, hey, this is who I am. This is what I want to do. What should I do with this? Like, wh wh what does this look like? How can I actually make this something that I can make money on? Because I got to put roof over my head, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, so the second compartment is bringing in outside perspective. Um, and then this third element is more of um, how to, we talked about this a little bit of how to prototype it, how to test it. Um, and to take it from this academic, well, I could do this and this would bring me a lot of joy and happiness to does it actually provide joy and happiness and can I actually you know, make money doing it? Hello, everyone, and welcome to the On The Ball podcast, where we have curious conversation about life career, spirituality, and anything in between. My name is Aniku Tut, a civil engineer turned world traveler, public speaker, trainer, and Toastmasters champion. My goal is to bring you inspirational topics and people that can help you find your own definition of success. When you are ready, it is time to be on the ball. This podcast will be truly inspiring for you and probably for many people you know. So please share the link of the podcast with them. Also, a quick reminder, hit the subscribe and love buttons to get notified about the upcoming episodes. Then share a rating and a review if you like what you are listening to. My guest today is an adventurous, future-focused person who believes understanding and developing a relationship with ourselves and pursuing what is mostly authentically us leads to a fulfilling life. He is a person on a mission, on a quest to empower people to love more freely. As a self-described underdog and champion for the voiceless, he overcame many personal obstacles and trauma to become an advocate for empowering transition, living with purpose and living fully. Noel Berger is now an executive coach and entrepreneur who previously spent nine years in the Marine Corps, serving as a strategic operations and logistics officer, as well as an academics instructor and public speaker. Noel was well on his way towards his military goals, developing and leading high-performance teams across 21 countries, but something was off, an increasing desire for becoming more himself. After resigning and finding his calling in coaching, he attended the Stanford Graduate School of Business and founded a couple of small companies called the Galante Company, the Social Container and others so that empowering people can become his full-time commitment. As he states, I coach with courage and authenticity to allow leaders the freedom to lead with love. In his spare time, Noah is also writing his first book, bringing mindfulness, human-centered design and adult learning theory together to help people make intentional transitions in career and life. If you would like to get in touch with Noel and schedule a meeting with him, then check out his LinkedIn or website. You can find the links in the podcast description. In the episode last week, Noel and I talked about loving more freely. If you had not had a chance to listen to it yet, make sure you do so after this episode. And in this second part of the interview, we are mostly going to talk about the intentional transitions and how you can make the process of change more conscious in your life. 
But before we do so, I would like to let you know that my first chat interview is available as a bonus episode on my Patreon account. Here you can get little behind the scenes tweak into the world as podcasters. Gain access to the early bird episodes and behind the scenes questions that we do not discuss on the podcast. So we were mentioning leadership and you help people become leaders of their lives. So how do you how do you help them get rid of the judgment, get rid of everything and embody the leader in themselves? Oh, the leader in themselves. That's amazing. I love that. <laughs> um, yeah, that's it, where it starts. Or we've, I guess we've seen this pattern just through our conversation today of happening within yourself and then bringing it to others. Um, and when I think leadership, I think a few things. Um, one of, one of which is agency, right? Like you taking back control of your own decisions in your own life and it being yours, like truly yours. When do we give it away? Mm. Most people give it away, right? And you might be giving it away to that old detrimental inner story we talked about before of like, I'm not good enough. You didn't give yourself that story. Mm. Like maybe you've reinforced it unconsciously, right? Because you believed that, but that was probably given to you by some trauma, by your parents, you know, by a nasty breakup. Um, yeah. And so a lot of times it's, it's, it's given away unconsciously or, you know, you see people that are, um, I don't want to dive too much into adult development theory, but you've seen people that are, they align themselves with a certain political party or a certain, um, organization and whatever that like, or a religion or in whatever that entity says is their belief, mm-hmm. right? Like whatever they say is true, right? It's infallible. It's, it's true. Um, you don't have ownership there, right? I guess your where your ownership ended is when you decided to align yourself completely with them and to never really question or, um, yeah, like fully dig in and, and see for yourself, is this true? Um, yeah. And so a lot of, a lot of coaching is just examining, um, that thinking we talked just a second ago, that thinking to emotion, to action, to results, and people will come in at different stages of that. And they'll like identify different things. Um, and they say, Hey, I need a, co- a coach to help me figure this thing out. And so sometimes it's an emotion of like, Hey, Noel, I am suffering from a lot of anxiety. I'm suffering from depression. I'm suffering from whatever. Right. And these emotions, they're subconsciously like, Hey, these emotions are not helping me (laughs) and I need them to go away. Help me. Um, sometimes it's the body, right? Like, Hey, I am just burnt out. Um, I am getting all these headaches constantly. Um, I just have a constant stomach is just churning or I have a tightness in my chest and I just can't get away. Um, and for some people, for I would say probably for most people, it's there's a result at work or in their personal life that's not happy, right? Hey, I am not being as effective as I want to be, or I don't, I'm not, I don't have the right type of friends in my life that I need to have, um, right? There's the result that they're not happy with, right? So there's different entry points to that, um, but the truth is that these are all just messengers. The body is a messenger. The emotions are a messenger. 
of something not right inside, Mm -hmm. right? There's something not being addressed and it's your body or your emotions throwing up the red flag of like, pay attention to me, like go fix this. (laughs) And so that's where coaching starts Uh is identifying what are those things? And then what's really underneath this, what's behind this and let's fix that. We Um, start by taking back this leadership and what's what coming after that. Yeah. And how can you take ownership of your life again? Um, and you dictate life on your own terms in the way that's, that is truly you. And that's authentically you and naturally you. Um, and it's very distinct from consulting where you come in as the expert and you say, this is what you need to do. One, two, three, four, like go do this. And your life is going to be better. Um, because coaching doesn't do that because coaching is, is focused on the philosophy that you are the expert in your life and nobody else. Right. So for me to come in and say, Hey, this is what you need to do. My answer is always going to be, um, I should maybe your answer is always going to be much better than any answer I could give you because I assume a lot of things in my answer. And those are not assumptions for you. They're actually informed by your environment and all the different things that are happening in your life. Um, and so coaching is really a collaboration of me asking you a lot of questions instead of answering a lot of questions. And these questions are focused on um, helping you come to your your own answer that fits you and your life and in your world. And it's your answer, mm. not mine. So what yeah. is your favorite question? So you like to ask questions that prompt a new understanding. So what <laughs> oh. question you always go back to? This is impossible. <laughs> this is impossible thing to answer. Um, hmm. Hmm. I think my, my favorite question is what's important about this or what's meaningful about this. Um, I think all of my favorite questions begin with the world, the word, what, what questions are called wisdom accessing questions because they, they go deep, right? So there's certain types of questions. Some of them are very surface level and they maintain the level of depth and the line of the conversation horizontally. Um, other questions, you know, will will take a conversation in different paths. So you can almost envision it like a diagonal. Um, what questions are, are questions that go straight down and they're deep and they're looking for what is the reasoning and the thought process behind what you just said? So I think all of my questions, and I'm not giving you an exact question here, <laughs> but they would be what questions? Um, and maybe my favorite one within that is what's meaningful about this. And has ever a client changed your perspective by what they said or what they asked? Oh, yes, absolutely. I have so many stories. Um, I had a client, so we were doing this exercise to pull out subconscious values. It's this thought exercise called the daydream exercise, where you tap into the power of daydreams. Um, So a lot of what we think and what we do is informed or by societal pressures or what we think people would want us to, or how we want to be perceived. And um, well, I have to put food on the table, right? So it has to be money, right? There has to be money tied to this. Um, and so they're always a little bit polluted by perception. And um, it's hard sometimes to 
find values that are really your inner core lived values, right? Like the values that if an alien was looking at you from outer space, didn't speak any English or any, you know, human language, they could see it, mm -hmm. right? That's what we want to get to. Um, and so daydreams are, can be a fun way to look at that because you never really entertain them as being feasible mm -hmm. or real, right? So you never impose those restrictions. They're a little sneak peek into like the inner you sometimes, sometimes. Um, so we were doing this exercise and I was listening to all her responses and I was asking her, um, like the individual daydreams can be helpful, but they're daydreams for a reason. Right? So not necessarily like, okay, this is what you're going to go do in your career. Right. But you can look for themes that run between them. And if there's themes that run between them, those are probably values. Those are things that are valuable to you that you, that you want to hold on to. So I was asking her for what themes she saw. And she said that she saw the magic and she wanted to bring magic to people. And what is, what does this mean? Right? What is magic? And she talked about Disneyland or Disney world. And she's like, I want to, I would love to go be a guide, you know, a couple times a year for Disneyland. Yeah. This is just so random, right? Because the most of all the other ones, daydreams were like going to like Mars and yeah. like working for NASA. Um, and um, yeah, and she, the way she explained it was so beautiful. She talked about how Disney allows people an escape from the pressures and realities and um, the painful parts of life sometimes. And it allows you to go back to a moment when you were a child and you didn't care about any of that stuff. And it gives you this, this momentary escape to the things that were, um, that were beautiful and important to that time in your life. And um, she talked about dancing in the magic. She wanted to help people dance in the magic. And that, that conversation has stayed with me. Um, she was actually one of my first clients. I think she might've been my second or third client I've ever had. Um, and that was one of our, probably within our first five, six conversations. Um, but that conversation has stayed with me. Um, and a lot of, a lot of what I do now is helping, help, helping people find that joy again, to be able to dance in the magic. Um, Yeah. That's the first story that comes to my mind. Well, I love it. And I love how she explained it. I know I got the yeah. understanding why I love cartoons, especially Disney cartoons. I just, I watched recently one on the weekend as well. And I really enjoy the messages that they send. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, I'm so happy. This is the message that goes to kids these days, that we should collaborate, that we should love each other, love freely, love connectively and put our strengths together so we can make the world a better place. And that's literally what you see in most of the, the newer days, Disney cartoons, the women have the power and they can achieve everything. And these are the messages that we need to, we need to see and hear in the world. So I love that message that what you shared and her perspectives. You were talking about intentional transitions, and that's one of the things that you are also working on. So what is an intentional transition and how can we be more intentional with our choices? This goes back to a couple of things we've already talked about mm -hmm. of like being the leader in your own life um, and knowing who you are as a person. 
And those two things really inform, right? The constant changes that you always have throughout life. It's not a one-time career change, right? You're always changing to some extent. And you can't do that intentionally, or you can't have an informed transition if you don't know who you are as a person, who you are as a professional, um, who you are as a friend, who you are as a partner. Um, it's hard to have that informed change mm. if you don't know who you are. And it's hard to have ownership of that, right? Because ideally, as you transition and change in your life, um, those are all little transitions. And you want to have that agency, that leadership through that. Um, so it really, I think that's where it starts is um, going back to doing that inner work to figure out who you are, who you, who you want to be. Um, and then taking that leadership, that, that ownership um, in those. And that, that's what I mean by intentional transition is to very intentionally choose, right? Towards a certain direction. This is where I'm going with my life. And I want to go from step to step to step as, as you go through it. Yeah. Because everybody's mentioning that change is always the only constant in our lives. But then, yeah, yeah, it's kind of became a buzzword or like a buzz phrase and everybody's using it, but we don't Mm. know what to do with it. We are mentioning, yeah, change is is coming, but are we intentional in that change? Are we aware of it? Mm -hmm. So how can we be more intentional in that change? Like taking part of that, the leading or connected with ourselves and more authentic and knowing our values. Yeah. And just asking what's meaningful about this? this new thing that's coming up on my radar, what's, why is this important? Where do I fit into this? Does this serve me? Does this serve my, my path? Mm-hmm. You know, how can I honor who I am as, you know, a spouse or a partner or a professional, right? Like, where do I fit into this? Is this someone else's agenda? Um, is this negotiable? <laughs> right. Um, and asking those questions, um, and placing that into the context of your, your past, where you are in this moment, obviously, but how does this fit into your future dream and your future goal? Yeah. Did you, did you feel like that when you were changing from the Marine Corps to coaching and everything? How did you deal with it? Yeah. Um, hmm. It's scary transitioning out of the military. I'm not sure how much of your your audience is U.S. military, um, but usually when you make a, a career transition, you do it in like one of three or four ways, right? You can change your billet. You can change your location. Maybe you change your company. Maybe you change your industry, but you would only do one of those at a time, maybe two, right? And you'd have a good chance of being successful in that next phase. Um, when you leave the military, you're going four for four and you're doing it without a network and you can't find something and then turn in your two weeks notice, right? You have to put in your notice like a year before. So it's a really scary thing. Um, it's a really scary thing to do. Uh, you're really just taking a leap of faith. And that is how I would describe my transition was I, I did not want to just find the first thing that opened up for me. I didn't want to just default into one of the three ordinary paths for captains in the Marine Corps when they leave. I wanted to really look and understand why those fit into 
into my dream and who I was. And um, so I didn't take any of the normal paths. I went straight into entrepreneurship, right? Um, except that was what I wanted to do. And I did some risk mitigation, obviously, there. Um, my first entry point into entrepreneurship was through a franchise, which is very much a proven business model. I found a, a cheap one that was in the coaching space. And, um, yeah, that was my my first place to go prototype and test and um, you know learn how to run a business in a low risk setting and to get a few hundred hours experience coaching and you know bringing some money obviously as I went through a couple different education um, platforms but um, yeah it was very intentional and it took like a year it took a, it took maybe over a year it's not a it's not a fast process though it could, it could be but for me it was it was took a long time Mm. so you mentioned leap but leap is always so so scary in a way that we also talk about like that's why we need these small tests and tries to keep ourselves Mm -hmm. safe so like you mentioned you did this test with that entrepreneurship but in that one Mm -hmm. year when you said you are no longer going to work for the marine corps did you have small tests to validify your leap Yes, absolutely. I read this this book, which I think I might have. Oh yeah, I have it on my my bookshelf here still. And I would recommend anyone that's going through a life transition, but especially a career transition, to read this book. It's called Designing Your Life uh-huh. by Bill Burnett, um, and it uses human centered design um, to, I guess you could say, intentionally transition through stuff, but. Um, really his focus is on the human-centered design portion of this is to prototype, right? What are you just talking about? So what you're prompting it in my mind. Um, and I did that. Um, and there's a lot of different ways to test and to prototype things before you go do them. Um, the easiest way is through like an informational interview, right? Go talk to someone that's doing it. What's the day in the life like? Um, this is who I am. This is what I'm, what I'm passionate about. Does that fit into, into what you do? Um, would I be doing those things? Mm-hmm. How much of your time is spent doing those things? Um, you know, I think that's probably the easiest way to do it. Um, I think the next step there would be to go do an internship or, you know, one of those people, Hey, can I come shadow you for a couple of days? Right. And, you know, like, you know, I have to see if that's appropriate but or feasible, but, um, you know, and you can take this idea of, testing and prototyping at all different levels and different, um, yeah, different ways to do that. Um, but I think it's a very important part. Um, there, it's one thing to think, Hey, these are my values. These are my strengths. I want to play in these strengths. I want to be in line with my long-term goals and direction. Um, but that's all in the academic, what is possible space. There needs to be a, let's go val- validate this and impose some reality filters on this. Does reality actually match what I see on Google? <laughs> right. Um, so it's a very important part is to, is to test it. And is shuttering a person is still like a thing because they usually suggest it to high school students. So how would a more accomplished person would be like, okay, now I, I have a career in this field already. I want to quit that. And then, just that mindset that I need to go back to the beginning. I need to go and ask another person to shadow them. How to overcome that 
that also mindset gap that now I'm a beginner and I'm no longer that previous person who is so accomplished. Yeah, it's a hard one. And maybe the, the word shadow is, I think you're right. People go back and think of high school and that's, um, yeah, maybe it's not, not the right optic. What, what I've seen a lot of people do is they go collaborate on a project together. Um, and chances are for most, most of my clients, as they go through these, is this new thing that they're trying to do, there's, there's some overlap with what they're doing now, um, right? They have value that they can offer in this space. Um, and this collaboration, they are adding that value, but they're getting exposed to a lot of new stuff, right? And that's what they're testing. Um, so I, I think collaboration on, on projects is probably, maybe that's a better way to reframe the, let me go shadow somebody. It's like, Hey, let's go do something together. Um, where we both get some value out of it. Mm -hmm. And yeah. is this aligned with what we were talking about last time as well, that many times when it comes to career or transition, people ask us, what do you want to do? And we both agree that <laughs> that's not the right question because we don't never know the answer. So is it aligned those yeah. ways that this is what we should do? Like, this is where we should start. What is the first question that we should start asking ourselves? I know, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm throwing out a lot of questions. <laughs> no, that's perfect. Yeah, no, I think, um, yeah, I work a lot in the veteran transition space or I did for the last year and, um, not doing as much now, but there's, there's like 7,000 veteran service organizations out there to help these transitioning service members, right? Cause they do a lot of good things for the world. And it's, we talk about how scary and hard it is to do it without a network. And so a lot of people are trying to do it and they all start with that question of what do I want to do? Um, and to me, that's not, that's not where it starts at all. Um, yeah. There's very few organizations that, that ask the question of who do I want to be or who am I? And then how do I honor that through the activities, right? The doing, the what. Uh, you have to start with the who. Like we've talked about this throughout the call of understanding that. Um, that's a really hard thing to come to. Um, it's what coaching does. It's what, what coaching is all about for, for most of it is helping, bringing in an outside perspective, right? To help examine those things. Um, I don't know if it's, it's necessary. You can, you can do it on your own through education and books and stuff. Um, yeah, I think that's really where the question needs to start of like, who do I want to be and who am, who am I now in this present moment? And coming to that is really hard, but it's a much better starting point to, well, what do you want to do? Mm -hmm. Cause you're skipping so much. Um, I think it contributes to a lot of unhappiness and <clears throat> um, retention rates mm -hmm. um, for companies, right? A lot of times people are either unhappy and they stay or they're brave enough to leave, right? And which contributes to the bad retention rate. Um, but even then they go into something else and it's, they're still starting with, well, I'm going to go try this next instead of taking that deeper approach of, okay, let's go a little bit deeper and look at who I am first. Yeah. And I think we can always ask this question from ourselves, who do you want to be? So who do you want to be? If you would need to describe it shortly. Me? Yeah. Who do you want to be? Yeah. Okay. Who do I want to be? Um, I don't think who I want to be is any different than the person I am now. Oh, that's the best. I think the, 
yeah, I'm already it. Um, and I'm, I'm very happy with it. There's, um, there's a lot of good and bad and in between in there, right. As with everybody. Um, but I foster the good and I, you know, I, I, uh, some of the, the bad is it's in the past and, um, there's so much good in the future. I think what's, what is different is, um, the, what I want to do is in, in the future. And there's a, um, yeah, the truth is that I want to impact at scale. I want to do it in a large way with as many people as I can. I don't want to just do one or two people, right. That, that, and have those lives change. So that would be incredibly valuable and beautiful in itself. I, I see um, having some unique skills and past experience um, that creates something different. I can offer something very different um, than most people can. And so I want to do that at a very large scale. Um, so in this present moment, I'm coaching and working with leaders um, and with curiosity and some authenticity um, and helping them lead with love right and what that can do for a culture um and i think that's at scale right like if you help that leader develop that culture right their outer game it might be ten thousand people right and that ripple effect gets really big really really fast as those ten thousand people go do something um so i think that's going to continue to scale mm. um, i think eventually i would like to be um you know a, an investor um, for for entrepreneurs that are in the social impact, social entrepreneurship space. That's another bigger one, right? And I can bring in the business acumen as well as the coaching, as well as the leadership and help these young people develop a company that's going to go do that, right? Um, so I think that's in the future too. So just throwing in larger and larger rocks into that pond and then seeing the yes. ripple effects to yes, be larger yes. as well. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. We see, we'll see where it goes. Um, I just know that it's going to be um, beautiful, however it turns out. Mm, I'm sure it will be. Like you are doing already so, so many amazing things and all those small companies. And I think you have all the best ways to start creating it larger and larger. Thank you. I can say the same about you, without a doubt. <laughs> Thank you. Well, first I need to actually get settled on on those things and then continue growing. For me, like it's the third step. How do I start earning money from everything that I'm doing? Because I'm doing amazing yeah. stuff. But currently yeah. I'm like, okay, how do I pay my rent? <laughs> yeah, that's a big one. But yeah, that's yeah, that's part of take- the transition. That I'm aware of yeah. that this is the part that at least I know what I want, know where I want to be. Yeah, it's a big part of it. Mm. So your mm. coming book, it incorporates human-centered designs, problem-solving, mindfulness, how to tap into our intuitions and so many amazing things like adult-based learning as well. So can you give us some peeks on some of the practices that you suggest in that book, but you have started yeah. writing it and you wrote already hundred pages and you were like super excited. So I'm, yeah. I'm excited to hear more about it and any practices that you could suggest from it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, you described it so perfectly. Um, it brings together this human centered design thing of ideating and 
defining something and prototyping it and then testing it and having this iterative process, um, which I think that book I held up a second ago um, already does that. Um, I think that what would be valuable there is bringing in elements of coaching, right? Of being able to ask these questions. It's one thing to say, hey, this is the framework and how to do it. Um, I think what might be missing there is how to ask those really powerful questions that that prompt new understanding, new perspective, and some inner curiosity, right? And to go deep, we talk about those what wisdom accessing questions, going deep and really getting to the core of things. Um, that's really what that book does is it brings those those two things together. Um, and the the adult learning theory that that's just helping people um, find the right style for them to fit, you know, where they're at and how they best learn at the core of it is human centered design and, and mindfulness coaching. Um, so what are the different phases that we can find in an adult's life that what we can be aligned with? Yeah. Um, I think there's, there's roughly three compartments here. Um, the first one is really this inner work of what's important to me. What's, what's valuable to me. Um, this, the second one is bringing in this outside perspective of let's validate if these things that we've created and we know about ourselves now is actually true and how it's perceived, right? Like, are you funny if no one ever laughs at your jokes, <laughs> right? So Maybe you're in the wrong circle, and, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and bringing in that outside perspective, right? And this is where um, you go into this this testing, not maybe not testing, but the um, in human centered design is called empathy interviewing, right? And actually talking to people like, hey, this is who I am. This is what I want to do. What should I do with this? Like, wh wh what does this look like? How can I actually make this something that I can make money on? Because I got to put roof over my head, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, so the second compartment is bringing in outside perspective through some 360 degree, you know, feedback um, through some assessments. Um, that you, that you can do on your own with colleagues, friends. Um, and then this third element is more of, um, how to, we talked about this a little bit of how to prototype it, how to test it, um, and to take it from this academic, well, I could do this and this would bring me a lot of joy and happiness to, does it actually provide joy and happiness <laughs> and can I actually you know, make money doing it? Um, and that's if it's a career transition. Um, the same idea applies, obviously, for for any transition. Um, what is not in the book is really the hard skills of transitions, like in career transition of like, how do I build my brand? How do I um, write a resume? How do I do an informational interview? How do I do a, um, a you know, a formal panel interview? Um, there's elements of that. Um, in terms of like the empathy interviewing and how to ask these questions that I think you could bring into those hard skills of career transitions and stuff. But there's so many people doing that mm -hmm. already. All that information is already out there. And I, I didn't feel like we could add a lot of value um, in that. So it's really just going through those, those three compartments of inner work, outside perspective and testing. Um, yeah. And you can kind of see there of intentional transition of, okay, at the end of that, this would be a really informed decision, right? It's not like I, it's grounded in who I am. 
like I've asked other people if I'm nuts, right? If I'm crazy and I've tested it and yes, it does resonate. And now you can, okay, I'm going to make this transition and it's going to be aligned. But many people will pull you down. So they will tell you, you are not. So how much can you trust that second True. point? Yeah. Yeah. It's who, who do you ask? And then how do you wait? How do you hold that opinion? Mm -hmm. We talked about before of when you get a lot of no's of, well, that's how it, that person perceives the world. Let's take a look at that person for a moment, right? So if that's how he perceives the world and perceives me, that's how he probably perceives himself. And that's how he lives his life. Okay. How does he, how does he think about wealth? Is that dollars and cents for him? Is that impacting in society, right? How happy is he in his life? Mm -hmm. How successful is he in his life? Is he someone that I want to be in five years? And if the answer is no, you probably shouldn't even be asking that person their opinion anyways, right? Like how much are you going to respect that a person's opinion? And if it is, right, like that is the person you want to be. Well, then when he says no, well, where she says no, that, that you should carry that with some weight. And maybe we go back to the drawing board, right? And that's, and you go through these processes over and over again, based off the feedback you're getting. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I would, I don't want to make it sound like one person's no is going to change everything. Um, and that's when you do these 360s, you probably want to have at least 10 people that you talk to. Um, so you have a large enough data set that you can compare opinions. And one of those opinions is yours which is always the most important. So, yeah. Yeah. I like your answer. Like also, I really enjoy a part, like the second part where you need to ask people uh, to validate who you are and how you show yourself because you might see mm -hmm. yourself in a different way than how they see you. And actually, like mm -hmm. when I was uh, getting into coaching, there was this exercise that we did. I probably know it, but that exercise is that we imagine that we have this special machine from the future and then we, I can stand in that machine and the other person, a friend of mine, cannot stand in another machine. And now I need yeah. to ask the person that they can push any button, that each of them are my personality traits. Which one do they want definitely 100% to get from me and what do they definitely don't want to get? Mm. And that gives you a really good feedback on who you are and what you need to change, where you need to it's develop. Really cool. It's really cool. Have you heard of that one before? No, I'm stealing that. <laughs> I'm, I hope you, hopefully you don't have that trademarked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like. I was asking ten different people on it, and uh, it was super fun to see mm. the answers. Some of them were really aligned that it was the organization or the willingness to speak up or ask questions and curiosity. But yeah, mm -hmm. there were some other things like okay, the I need to be more patient. People don't don't like my impatience or the pushiness or sometimes that I cut my might have. So I'm like, okay, how can I work further on that? I love that. <laughs> it's really cool. Well, yeah. yeah, that was one of my favorite ones on on that that personal feedback. So yeah, um, we are leading up to the end of the interview. Uh, yeah, okay. I cannot wrap my head around it we shared so much in this i know <laughs> so I, I have some closing questions to you so we yeah. did touch up on it the last time we were speaking okay and uh, you did say that this is the alignment you find in my podcast so what is your definition of success i'm gonna give you a two-part answer 
<laughs> I never give easy answers for you. I'm so sorry. Um, I don't ask easy easy questions, so a lot don't of worry. Think it, yeah. Well, I'll I'll simplify this. Okay. So, um, a lot of people think about success as objective success, right? Elon Musk, I'm on the Olympic team, you know that kind of thing. Um, and I don't think about success like that. I think about success as um, attaining what you never thought was possible or something that was a real stretch for you, not about what other people think. It has to be subjective. Um, and maybe that builds and grows and grows until objectively you're incredibly successful. Um, but it's, it's, a sub, it's subjective. It's what do you think you've achieved? That was a stretch. That was something you didn't think was possible. Um, yeah. There's so much to dig into there, but I'll keep it at that. <laughs> so for you, what is success? So if you would define it for yourself, if you would wake up tomorrow and you'd be like, mm. yeah, I'm the most successful man in the world, what would that look like? Hmm. But see, that question, the most successful man in the world in, implies comparison of mm -hmm. like okay. for the rest of the world. And I don't really care what the rest of the world thinks. I really don't. Like this book that I'm writing, I'm writing it for myself. And I know that other people are out there that might find it valuable. Um, but it's still, it's me. I'm writing, it's, I'm, I'm writing it for me. And um, if people don't like it, I don't really care. Um, so when I think about success for myself, I already regard myself as successful. I was successful the moment that I accepted who I was as a person, who, what my past was ugly and, and pretty and everything else. Um, that was success for me and it continues. Um, it's, it's success in every moment, not some goal in the future of me winning at every moment and being successful in every moment. Like in this moment right now, I'm sitting with you and we're having this beautiful conversation. Um, and that's, that's this moment right now. And I would never have had this moment if I had stayed where I was three years ago. So that's success. I like that. It's, it's something that's in this moment and it's mine. It's not someone else's and it's not in the future. Even though you are a future focused person. Yeah. yeah, but the future only happens through the moment. Oh, I right? love that. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, if it's if it's always in the future, then it's never attained. Um, yeah. yeah, it does. Yeah. Nice. And the very final question, it can be a bit challenging, so feel free to take time <laughs> on it. Not that okay. I have given you easy questions before. Mm -hmm. So people ask you questions on a daily basis. You are on a with a coaching and you ask questions as well. Mm -hmm. But what is a question? that is not often asked from you but you think it's really important to ask and why mm. oh i immediately have an answer for you oh okay 
just it just it's falling out of me um people ask how are you how are you doing Mm -hmm. all the time and it has become um it's lost its meaning um but the idea behind it is beautiful like how are you doing and so um someone asked the other day um how is your heart instead of how are you doing how is your heart today and it's the same intent but it's phrased in a different way and that intent is just so beautiful um genuine care for how you're doing um and so i ask that question now for people is how is your heart today um that that was i had never been asked that before up until about a week ago and um yeah it's one of those questions that kind of makes you emotional a little bit (laughs) um especially when it's asked by the right person too you know and you can tell that there's meaning behind it yeah I'm going to steal that. I love that question. I never heard it before, but I'm also fed up with the how are you doing question. We just throw it out there. And then most of the time, I don't Mm. even expect an answer. We're just like, oh, I'm fine. How are you? And then it's it's a small talk question and no one really says the truth. And no one is really interested Mm -hmm. in hearing the answer. So that's like shocking for me. Like I remember meeting and I don't want to be uh, shouting out to different cultures, but Australians mostly, that's how they say hello. How, or even English people, yeah. how do you do? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And then yeah. sometimes it was like, okay, shall I answer now or shall I not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really has. And even when we ask it, um, we don't even listen for the response. Yeah. There is, it doesn't even register. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit sad. So I'm stealing that one. How is your heart doing? Yeah. Do it. Do it. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much, Noel. It was such a pleasure to have you on and have this conversation. I enjoyed from second zero till now to almost two hours in the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just so grateful for you, your knowledge and just being here and loving freely. Thank you. Yeah. No, thank, thank you. I, my, my heart is full in this moment. Um, you're doing amazing work and beautiful work. And um, yeah, it's an honor to be, to be featured on this and to be part of your part of your tribe, to be part of your community. It really is. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed these two episodes with Noel. I cannot be grateful enough to him for sharing his stories. If you have not listened to the previous episode where two of us talk about loving more freely, make sure that you do that right now. You will not regret it at all. And what was your favorite take on this episode? I would like to hear from you in the comments on social media. And what does intentional changes and loving more freely mean to you? 
Also, if you have any questions to me, feel free to reach out on the social media channels or send me a message at onthebobbitanyku at gmail.com. If you have a guest suggestions or you would like to hear from a specific expert on a specific topic, make sure that you share that with me as well and I will do my very best to fulfill your suggestions. If you found this episode motivating, make sure that you share it with others and text this to your friend right now who you think would be inspired by this story. The best way to live a happy and fulfilled life is to serve others. So share this episode with people you care about. It has no cost, but will elevate them and make their lives even better. If this is your first time here, click that love and subscribe buttons and make sure that you leave a rating and review. I would love to hear your thoughts and feedback on how this message lifted you up, brought you a change into your life. I would also love to hear your own definition of success. I'm so grateful for your support, sending love and great health to you all. And now it is time for you to be on the ball.